Fruits here. Uh, you could call Lax again. We could also, to try and ferry another message, we could also do a um, flashback, if you want, um, to you setting up some kind of a signal for the Beluga to show up. Uh, and now that the Beluga has an AI core, you know, it, it could, it would re- influence, well, that's what makes this possible, I suppose. Um, yeah. What do you think? Um, I have three stress to spend or three stress left mm-hmm. so only two to spend okay gadget have you already used your free flashback this job yeah i'm yeah. already a pre- prepared for anything okay well i think um honestly if if it's literally just because i think it, it would have been it would have become clear to augustine over time that the beluga was becoming more intelligent so rather than a cost of stress i'd just be kind of interested to see you know what that looks like <laughs> augustine <laughs> like sitting down with the blue and being like okay buddy um because you had time you, you you took time to prepare for this and having it basically an escape plan where the beluga comes up through the air gap is not so hard to believe so i don't i don't know if that necessarily requires any stress okay so would this be a roll? How close are you with the beluga? You said you and your and the beluga shared the same spirit. Yeah, I could don't know. You, could you like reach out to the beluga and be like, "Beluga, come to me"? <laughs> <laughs> well, because if we're like flashbacking, I would consort. If I'm trying to reach out, I would attune. Uh, I think this might be a command because basically oh, okay. the beluga is one of your, you know. It works okay. for you. So, <laughs> so I are essentially I already have some connection to it. Then, I, you, then. oh, you absolutely do. Okay, so sure, command. Okay, uh, and I'll offer you a devil's bargain. I already feel like I don't like how it would go, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm just. Imagining harm coming to the beluga. No, no. no well, okay. the beluga's going to get a little bit messed up because of all the sand, but you can fix it. Um, yeah. <laughs> the easy operator is going to show up too. That's Ooh. that's Batra and Nylon. Ship. Yep. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. Man. Yep. I'm going to take that. All right. Yeah, you don't mind. Maybe daughter. <laughs> Nylon's <laughs> awful. I even have Nylon in my contact specifically listed as awful. Nylon is task oriented, <laughs> whereas Batra was being, having all kinds of weird, weird, vast magic going on with her head. Nylon has cool hair. Mm-hmm. Nylon like is just a wannabe misfit from Gemini. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, uh, basically laying this plan out in advance, I think, would just be a risky standard command. Okay. Yeah. And I'm just going to take that as it is. Five and uh, six. Was that with your bonus die for the Devil's Bargain? Oh, nope. See if you crit. Nope. Nope. That's okay. a one. <laughs> Man. 
You're lucky Quell's not into killing or else Nylon would be getting pushed into that air gap. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think what this looks like... Actually, yeah, you... So I've set the scene here. The Vert's sloop, which is like a... um, a smaller ship that you would know would have a, a crew, um, mm-hmm. a smaller crew to match. I think, Augustine, you know that like comfortably like equipped, the most that this kind of a ship would probably have on it would be maybe like a dozen or less uh, troopers on it. Um, so, but, and if there were other crew to pilot it, maybe more like a half dozen. Um, and it is emerged and uh vert is kind of standing he's not you know he's like a villain but he's not a dummy so it's not like he's just standing around in front for you to shoot him he's he's standing <laughs> at a place where his voice can carry with the privateers kind of uh ready to disembark and start jumping down onto terminal core um and as he delivers that line about looks like you could use some help with that spirit you know, hey, he's he can he's just acknowledging that it's a spirit, but of course, you know, indigo analytics, you see all kinds of shit like this. Um, uh, what does it look like as the beluga surfaces? Um, so we, I know we got our weapons upgrade, or we paid for weapons. Um, yep. Did did that mean we had them, or we just? weren't sure how we wanted them to manifest yet. Um, I think what this looks like is the, however the beluga arrives, it has um, a long, just like, a, like it, it was probably <laughs> before the fracture or something, it was probably like an electrical pole, like a big, like electrical pole pointing, pointing out of it. And uh, from the engine room, and kind of leaning around the side of it, like making adjustments, is Chalice. <gasps> Chalice! Oh, so. my goodness, this is my old baby friend! <laughs> so, so, yes, the Beluga has, I'll just write it in now. Um, it already has one rank of weapon, and I'll fill it in. Lightning Rod. Nice. Yeah, yeah so. Lightning. The Beluga, because I'm guessing, like, this is just the area that they came up is just deep enough for like the sloop to fit up. Uh, I think I described it as like a uh, hundred meters. Is that what I said? Like a football field. Or... Oh, that's a hundred yards. Roughly the same. Um, yeah. Or did I say fifty meters? I see. Tell you what, let's not get caught up in our own footwork here. It is big enough for uh, a ship to fit in and do some maneuvering if the pot, if it has a very good pilot. It is cramped, for sure. Uh, so the beluga just kind of rises up behind Vert in the sloop, just higher. And because mm-hmm. um, did you say that the lightning rod was up or down? Uh, the lightning rod is poking out of the engine room. It can be kind of oriented wherever you need it. We'll say that the engine room is up up front, so it's kind of lightning rod is kind of poking out like a mast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it it comes up behind Vert in his loop, 
with Chalice leaning out the engine room, working on the lightning rod as it's pointing at Vert, starting to crackle. Yeah, I think Chalice just screams, This thing's loaded, I think! (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, that's, uh, let's see. Uh, How do I want to represent them? Because they're just... I'll have them be... I guess I'll just have you be you filling in the sky superiority clock again. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and that's two ticks against it because you got a risky standard success. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're not firing yet, but there it is more of a, a standoff. Um, and I think uh, the... <laughs> the crew is kind of rushing around. They weren't expecting to engage in ship-to-ship combat here, but, you know, like, some of the crew who aren't the privateers are um, moving to the cannons, um, and the privateers haven't disembarked yet. Okay. And does that generate a gambit? Let's see, you got a six on a risky. You didn't spend one, right? Correct. Yep, that generates a gambit. Work. We're just rolling gambits left and right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, so we've got ourselves a little bit of a standoff here. Um, the the easy operator hasn't shown up yet, but you know I've tipped my hand; it's going to happen. Um, what do you do now? Waiting to spend that gambit until the easy operator gets here. <laughs> <laughs> They're still on their ship, right? Yes, they haven't disembarked yet because that lightning rod is pointed at them. And we do still need to have this in working fashion, uh, this control room, because that's how the spirits are going to pilot Sunita. I mean, you need at least need to have it in working fashion enough to send the order. You don't know if it needs to still be working after you send it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there was a big, thick door that previously was keeping people out, right? Mm-hmm. And Gadget opened it. Mm-hmm. Yep. G- Gadget, can you close the door? Oh shit! You know this whole this whole season, I've been opening doors. I don't think I ever closed <laughs> one yet, but we can certainly try. I mean, that's a, that's a, one possible thing to keep yep. them from getting in here. We don't necessarily. I don't want the Beluga or Chalice to get hurt out there, but. Uh, we also don't want them to get in here. We don't want the privateers to disembark and march on in. We definitely don't want Chalice anywhere near here. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, that uh, that would certainly be an effective way to keep them out if you could just shut that damn door again. I mean, you know, they might be able to try to knock it down or something, but that would absolutely slow them getting in. All right. Will there be any way on this terminal I can type in Alexa closed doors or whatever the space equivalent is? <laughs> um, let's see. From here, without your fine hacking tools, I think it would be <sighs> um, risky limited. Yeah. That makes sense. You're about to say something? I was, I was going to say, what if I pull out a set of hacking tools... They're not fine. Well, you already have hacking tools to do this, don't you? Uh, hers are damaged. Well, her fine ones. I could have regular hacking tools. 
I definitely have regular hacking tools in my bug out bag. <laughs> if you want to mark that, then you could mark the load for it. And yeah, that would probably get it up to risky standard. All right. Your backup. Here, of course, uh, <laughs> Zinc Garland branded limited edition. <laughs> yeah. Is she- it still in the packaging? Yeah, well, yeah, I know it's going to decrease the value, but <laughs> desperate times. You said risky standard? Uh, risky standard if you mark that, yeah. All right. There was a stretch there where Zinc was doing a lot of licensing. Ah, <laughs> frick. Uh, well, not the worst roll, but I, I fear I might have bought a bootleg version. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, and um, I'm also battered, so I'm not as dexterous as I normally am, so remove one of those dice, so it was a four. Oh, yeah, good point. It would be one minus one D, but we'll subtract the last die, so it would still be a four. Oh, okay, on a risky standard. Okay, so I think the what's going to happen here, two risky effects, is I'm going to I'm going to fill up the junkers break. My friends, Rye better uh, be okay. Um, they're just scattering. As I said, they're not they're not killing people. Rye might be a little bruised. Um but I don't think anybody's dead out there. Because, you know, they're still dealing with citizens. They're not dealing with wanted criminals like you. Um, and one tick to the delts break. Uh, so those are the external consequences. And then internally, let's see. I think it's limited effect in that. Um, yeah. The door will close. But I think seeing a window, uh, Vert and one of the privateers are going to get in. It's not much of a force. But he doesn't want to be locked out on the outside while this is going down. All right, Mirage, fuck them up. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> hmm. Um, I fully intend to engage in combat. Yes, your moment has come. <laughs> Okay, yeah, the, so the door shuts behind them, and I think it's at um, this moment where you hear confused shouting and firing as the easy operator shows up, but we're not following that for now. Um, and Vert just Vert steps inside with um, a, uh, a well-armed privateer and just says, oh, I see I've te- stepped into a somewhat tense situation here. But uh, I think we could all maybe talk about how we want to get what we want coming out of this situation. Uh, he's already conked on the head. <laughs> I have already oh. hit him on the head once he stepped through that threshold. Okay, you'll have to resist a consequence from the privateer to get to him, because privateers are good. I am also very good. <laughs> okay so you're, you're right everybody else would have to resist it for you this is desperate because you're attacking somebody besides the privateer okay so yeah um, so what am I rolling what are you rolling what action do you want to use uh I, don't, I always forget the difference between scramble and scrap scramble is like um uh, agility and athleticism. Scrap is more just moving in and, you know, tangling with people. Okay. 
Um, I think because I'm trying to do this very quickly and before they like notice what's happening while they're getting through the door, it would be a scramble. Okay. Is that fair? Uh, let's see. I think a scramble would be desperate limited. A scrap would be desperate standard. Yeah. Hmm. Because it is about that end result of... It is about that end result about hitting. Yeah, that's fair. When striking in melee, you get plus D. When you spend a gambit in combat, you also gain plus one effect on that action. Um, Wrecking Crew. Uh, Can I spend a gambit, friends? Go for it. Go for it. Do it! Okay. Uh, I am scrapping... So I get plus one. I, I'm hit. I'm striking in melee. Uh, so I get plus one D, and I'm spending a gambit. Scrap. That is. What am I wrong for? Scrap. It is for scrap. It's desperate standard. Desperate. If you're using a fine weapon of some kind, then that would push it up to great. Um, my cane is considered a fine. Weapon. Then it's desperate great. Okay, desperate great. One bonus die. Well, do you get an extra because of your... Uh, when you spend a gambit, that... you, you typically do get the bonus die as well, on top of, yeah, whatever effects. On top of that, bo- on top of that bonus die? Typically, yeah. Okay. Cool. Two bonus die. Take them out, Myriad. You know, whenever I I roll with a lot of dice, it never turns out as well as I hope it would. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm counting my XP because maybe this won't be the last time we ever pull out these these sheets. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So just for, for the record, you got you were on four dice. You got three fours and a three. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, that's that's twelve plus three. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I think the let's see. Uh, there's going to be just the two consequences as usual. Externally, I'm going to empty out Sky Superiority. Actually, so that would be number one. So theoretically, they could get more ships in there again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the one internally is you'll take um, level three harm uh, as Gutshot, as the privateer uh, brings her, um, let's see, what is it? It's a caster carbine. Yeah. Ooh, level three harm? Yep. Ouchie. That needs help. Um, I have... You know, I am super stressy, but I think I think I'll resist that. You I'll could also use to. armor. Um, oh, I, I have armor. One, yeah, I think armor would reduce it to a level two harm. Um, if you resisted it, it would reduce it to level one harm. Just from how we're describing it here. If I have the options for heavy armor, do I have heavy armor? I don't understand my sheet. Uh, let's see. Uh, where's the heavy armor? It's not in my. 
I feel like load. if anybody was going to have heavy armor, is that an upgrade you get? I don't know. I never really understood. I've never used armor. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand Fair. this. I have a space suit. Space suits are cool. Um, is that just a Blades in the Dark thing? I swear they had heavy armor here. Shouldn't get hung up on it. I'm just going to do a quick <laughs> control F in Scum and Villainy for the concept of heavy armor. Uh, um, okay. Yeah, no. It, it, it is an upgrade. It's called Loaded for Bear. It's a Cerberus special ability that gives you heavy armor. Mm. Well, when I take harm, clear one stress. Hey. Nice. All right. <laughs> You may expend your special armor to reduce harm from an attack in combat. Battleborn. Oh, yeah. You took that. Oh. Cool. Yeah, that would dip it to one. <laughs> like usual. So that'll take it to one? Mm-hmm. From three to one. Okay. And I reduce one stress. Oh yeah, because you still take the harm. That's a pretty good, pretty good deal, actually. All things considered, in terms yeah. of getting shot, great. I great turn of my, I mark off my armor. <laughs> okay, so what is my what is my harm? Mm, let's see. I think uh, perforated, which for most people would be like level two or level three. If a myriad's like, I've been shot before. <laughs> oh my gosh! This is the first time I've been shot. Um. Ah, oh, dang it! I've got another <laughs> hole in me. Ah, <laughs> oh, man! Battleborn is sweet. <laughs> yeah. When we finally meet Sister Spring, you'll be like, "I also am holy." <laughs> <laughs> I think you um you run up there and you just clobber Vert. You're not trying to kill him, right? No. Or were I'm you just, trying to? Okay. I'm, no. Look. Myriad never tries to kill anyone. It just happens hmm. sometimes. Yes. <laughs> so you strike him over the head. He goes down. Um, and the um, privateer uh, she turns and level- fires her carbine from her hip. Um, and I think the the kind of like crystalline fire around, you manage to twist in a way. You know that if it catches you center of mass, it'll burst inside you. And that's that's a bad time. Um, you manage to, uh, get it so it just kind of passes through your side and it bursts against the wall. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the hunter, not the hunted. <laughs> um, seeing this happen, mm-hmm. and especially seeing Myriad get shot. Yep. And, and seeing how dangerous this gun is, and having recently been shot herself. So knowing how much it sucks to be shot. (laughs) Can Quell use kinetics to basically shove the the privateer into what she has now learned is a transporter of some sort? Uh, Let's see, kinetics. You can push yourself... To throw a table-sized object with dangerous force, like using the way is as it's written, um, but here it would be you're kind of attuning with the spirits of the environment, which there aren't super... I think this would be probably working with the spirit in a way, um, or propel yourself briefly with superhuman speed. 
Let's see. Is a person a table-sized object? Uh, it depends on the size of the table. It does. It really does. Because there, I definitely would say that one privateer probably weighs less than like a wooden dining room table. Mm-hmm. Is a person an object? Or do they have to be a corpse to be <laughs> Their body an is an object. <laughs> <laughs> if they want to mentally stay here while they physically are getting shoved. Mm-hmm. Uh... <laughs> Tell you what, I mean, it's it's the last session, and this, I think this would be the first time you're busting out kinetics. Yeah, I think you could push the th- push the um, the privateer into the the teleporter. Uh, I don't really fully know what's going to happen, but I do know that uh, nobody else here is going to get shot <laughs> by that privateer. Yep. yep, it would be a roll still, but I would say that if you push yourself. Then absolutely, yeah, you could. Um, I think. Let's see, what would that? What 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 would it look like? I think that um, Quell was already looking at the door, right? Because she'd been like, "Gadget, shut the door," <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um, she sees Vert and this privateer. Like this is all happening very quickly. They managed to dart in as the door is shutting Mm -hmm. and so she's like facing this door right or she's like standing to the side so she's seeing this happen she's seeing gadget over at the control panel uh operating it to get the door closed uh she's seeing myriad this you know incredibly tough person uh go to strike Vert as Vert comes through the door and connect, right? And watching, like you said, watching Vert crumple, but seeing this incredibly well-trained privateer whip around and kind of fire from the hip and shoot Myriad, right? And while Myriad is incredibly tough, uh, I think it would just almost be this visceral reaction to see somebody that she, you know, is part of her found family be shot by this privateer, mm-hmm. uh, and especially in close combat, right? Mm-hmm. And I think she would just like immediately, kind of like physically and emotionally, like reach out, like, and uh, the way you would be like you would if you saw someone like falling, even if you weren't going to get to them in time, mm-hmm. right? And she would just kind of like if this were like the the way she would just kind of shove. Oh. Uh, the, the person. Oh, I have an uh, idea to add to this. Um, mm-hmm. So we've established that there is just like the one main spirit in here. But you know what? There are a lot of spirits in the sand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and you know what the sand is full of is static electricity. We've already established that, right? Oh, I thought you were going to say Tom oh. House cookies. No. Uh, and we know that Quell is kind of aligned with electricity after connecting with like the storm wells and all that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we want to like uh, have the spirits of the sand or some some form of electricity kind of just like reach out and like shove the person. Mm-hmm. Electricity form of force. Somebody who knows more about like physics than I do. Can I mean can elect- light particles cause like a force like movement? Electricity is energy and energy is force. So well, 
Yeah, like uh, mm-hmm. lightning makes an explosion, right? And an explosion moves stuff. Uh, especially with a bunch of like sand to add like mass and stuff. So, yeah. I, I, I think this is cool. So I think you should do it. Okay. I think the question is, does space light move space things? Yes. Okay. <laughs> does space God. light move space things is what we're trying to establish, right? And so um, in this world, it does. So, yes, with the form, with the, the electricity and sand kind of coursing out, uh, moving, I don't know, it seems almost in response to Quell's intense emotional outburst. It reaches out and, I don't know, grabs, shoves, somehow moves this privateer onto the platform. All right. Uh, so this is, are you attuning here? Well. Or, yeah, attuning. I guess so. Because, yeah, so it's, it's kinetics lets me move the privateer. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, I'd have to push myself to make this happen. Yep. But I do have my other use of warded. Yeah, look at you. Synergetic. Synergy. Yeah, synergy. Hell yeah. Synergy, go. Uh, so I'm not going to have to push myself and take that stress. I'm just checking off my other special armor. Yeah. But you are pushing yourself. You're just not paying stress to do it. You're paying right, special exactly. armor to do it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think this is risky great. Okay. Risky great. And yeah. Is there anything to adjust that, change that, help with that? Uh, well, uh, you could push. Well, no, you've already pushed yourself. Uh, to make to let myself once. do it. Yeah. yeah. So this would be somebody else assisting you is pretty much the only other way to change things here. And this is a. This Everybody is quite a thing. Already so, has a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. There's always gambits. So you could spend a gambit. All right, then I'm going to spend a gambit to get an extra die. All right, risky, risky. rate one bonus die. And Quell is like not entirely in control of this since it's not her doing it. It's mm-hmm. the spirits reacting to the intensity of her like emotional distress at seeing this happen. Mm-hmm. All right. Please let this go well. Well, there's at least one six. Yep. Hey, and it was on the thing that we spent the gambit on. Yeah. yeah. So you get it back. So you get it back. Oh, nice. You, gambit machine. Four, three, four, six was the roll, and that six is all you needed. So, yeah, I think the lightning, you know, the the columns of sand as they move through... Um, uh, they suddenly divert, um, kind of like arcing up in a way uh, one of the columns does. And just a column of, um, a pillar rather, of lightning and sand explodes behind the privateer and sends them tumbling. Um, you know, they, they still had their gun drawn and Myriad, they were going to fire again. Um, because, you know, Myriad's clearly a, a big threat and you don't just let a threat like that, you know, uh, shake things off <laughs> so they were you know moving to fire again moving it you know swiftly effectively um and they just uh are set tumbling through the air and i think they slam upside down in the teleporter pad um uh, the lightning crackling around them and threw them into the the teleporter and gadget you see mm-hmm. from your sp- spot by the terminal the empty bar fills <laughs> yeah! <laughs> because of the lightning 
Because that's how these things work, right? <laughs> Powered up. Do you... And yes, there is a, a button. Do you push it? Oh my god. Oh yeah, we're going to push the button. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Uh, uh, For science, we're going to find out where this teleportation pad leads. <laughs> I think you just hear the privateer call out like a weak, like, like a weak cough and be like, oh, wait. Uh, and you slam the button and the, um, gosh, I don't even... Oh, this is like the first time we've seen kind of this like old tech in operation. Um, the lightning kind of like crackles up and down until it just forms like a, a solid cylinder. Um, and the it's like an inversion of the surroundings around it. Um, and just like uh, an ear splitting crack. Uh, and then the pad is empty. Oh. Uh, and the pedestal is smoking, and the top part drops onto the bottom because it got way overcharged. Is that what was supposed to happen? <laughs> <laughs> Did you just cook him? <laughs> I didn't cook anyone. It looked like the person <laughs> disappeared before the uh, the thing exploded. Okay. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That's what it looked like. That's good. I'm glad. <laughs> um, hey, yeah, so Vert is um, still collapsed here. You've got uh, the the spirit seems to be lethargic. Uh, no. it, it doesn't seem to be resisting your your approach anymore. Um, I think decoy is starting to walk toward the center of the terminal and just uh, say, you know, saying. It's, we have to do it now. We don't know how much time we have. I think it's only right that Augustine pilots this thing. <laughs> I think Augustine may be the I've only never driven a Landberg before. Wait. <laughs> before you before you do that, Captain, do you have your piloting your piloting sherry? <laughs> I think I, I think at this point I was I was thinking about what wouldn't be there. Um, Augustine goes to Pat Pocket for you know, something he feels he needs <laughs> and takes a deep breath and pats another one and starts looking frantically and his his helming sherry his, <laughs> you know whatever he needed for just to keep going that little bit farther isn't there and when you all were rustling through his closet <gasps> For costumes, <laughs> you knocked it out. Oh, oh no! That was the consequence. Oh no! no. <laughs> oh no! And this done? is where, and this is where, his uh, may not be at a or maybe at less than a hundred percent is coming into play. <laughs> oh man, Augustine's having a bad come down. No! No! no. <laughs> Oh no! What have we done? Save it for the finale. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when we go looking for costumes in Augustine's closet. Oh no! Oh no! This is just such a bad day. You know, we just saw someone get teleported. Maybe 
we blew up a teleporter. Uh, Vert's unconscious, and Captain doesn't have his sherry. Also, Myriad shot. And the B word is outside. <laughs> oh, no, no, nope. We're just ignoring everything that's happening out there. <laughs> the Borb? We wouldn't have issues with the sherry if the Borb's right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, Quell looks kind of like a little bit spacey right now as, as we're talking about Borb and you're searching your pockets. Given that I think that is the first time I've shoved somebody with... No, actually, I think I've done it one other time. But that's definitely the first time anybody has ever been just, you know, disappeared from existence. Mm-hmm. And and actually, I'll, we'll do uh, Gadget, Myriad, and Quell. One, two, three. So Myriad actually was the one that knocked it out. <gasps> of course. And, and noticed that they knocked it out and went to put it back to put it in the the item of clothing next to the <gasps> Augustine. Oh, <laughs> you know, I try my best. It's like, at least I put it back. Augustine didn't mention it now, but today's pants are very dapper and from the 1930s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think um, Augustine is like kind of stopped in their tracks. Um, decoy stands before the terminal you know gadget gadget still like crouched beside it like with you know typing like above her head or something um and she just fixes the spirit with a a steely gaze and some you know holds her hand out some unexchanged passage hap- uh exchange happens between them um and uh the spirit kind of um it kind of like shrinks back down into within the terminal um, and taking its place kind of in that visual space of the room, filling the negative space it left behind is a diagram, a map of the vast. Uh, You see Subita's position. I'll bring us back to the map of the vast. Why not? Um, And you see the reverent assemblage um, where you are standing in Subita. There's a bright light, um, kind of a column of light um and then deep in the center of the reverent assemblage there is a massive column of light and there is sort of a link running between the two so it seems that this facility is somehow linked to the facility deep in the reverent assemblage and looking at the map you can actually see that there are other um columns of light kind of arrayed around the reverent assemblage uh and and decoy says this is what we need i'm not sure i can lay in the course myself I don't have much experience with that. I think Quell would go to Captain, who who, who is kind of lost for a moment, looking for his piloting sherry. <laughs> <laughs> and um, would let's see what I got. Let, hold on a second. We got to get Captain back into functioning. Functioning. Boom, you hear from outside as the ship oh, as uh, the easy operator and the beluga tangle with I think there's probably like at least two Azure Fleet ships in there now. Okay. I think Quell is gonna just rely really hard on the fact that the beluga is is home for all of us, but especially for the captain, and is going to say, um, Captain, uh we we need you now, like more than ever, Sherry or not. 
you have to lay in the course that we have to get to the beluga or we're all going to wind up stuck at the reverend assemblage. Captain, you are the one who can get us there and out of here safely. You, and I think that she's really drawing on her beliefs that like the captain can get, you know, can get himself and everyone else out of trouble. Like she truly believes that. That the captain, you know, could get out of any kind of trouble. So, captain, we're in some deep shit. Pull <laughs> yourself together, captain. And once again, we have circled back for the final, like, you know, probably climactic action of the game. <laughs> to wait, who took helm? <laughs> <laughs> it like bookends. It all comes together. Um, <sighs> Augustine's going to very shakily unsteadily get to his feet i'll do my best but no no promises and make his way up to the to the council myriad will take augustine's hand aww old friend and uh we'll do like a hand over hand on on the helm <laughs> Well, I guess I always am teaching you new things, aren't I? I think it's the other way around today, Gustin. <laughs> Aww. Um, so I'm gonna helm. Okay, this is this would be risky standard. Good old risky standard. It's risky limited because of your level one harm. Yep, because I have weary. I have two level one harms, weary and cracklin. You only ever get one. You don't have to worry about okay. stacking. Level, okay. level one harm could stack with level two harm, but never two level ones. Okay. You're a weary, crackling cat. Mm-hmm. I am assisting. I'm taking this dress to assist. Aww. Okay. If you're okay. shot like, with the not shot arm. <laughs> yeah, with my not <laughs> okay. shot. So my... You have two connection with Augustine, so that means you spend two stress and you get to add, pick two benefits, as we have on yes. the playmat here. Um, And you are. Uh, we're doing what? Risky limited right now? It's currently risky yeah. limited, yes. I will do increased effect. Okay. And plus one D. Okay. Um, and if you push yourself, you probably won't because you don't have the stress uh, to do. do it. You do Ooh. have the stress. Um, I have you will, three. You can, you'll, it only takes one, one stress to push. Okay. I was going to push myself. Um, so that's two bonus die. Okay, so you're pushing yourself for the die? Well, yes. Okay, so we have... It was Risky Limited. Myriad brought it up to Risky Standard with a bonus die, and you're pushing yourself for an additional bonus die. Actually, um, if you push, can you also take effect? Uh, you could take effect instead, yes. Okay. Uh Gambit? Yeah, and you could, then one? you could gambit for an extra bonus time. Yeah. You all good with that? Yes, this is your brilliant shining moment, Captain. Okay, so risky, great, with two bonus die. Yep. Okay, yep. Yes, look at that! Alright. Nice! Two sixes. So, yeah, uh, and also a two, a three, and a four, but we don't care about them. Brilliant, um, shining moment. So we get extreme effect here, which I don't Ooh. think we've had since Decoy was born. 
Subita comes to life. Yeah. You're able to lay in this course exactly the way you want it, um, Augustine. You have full control with um, Gadget, you know, probably setting up the interface right for you and Decoy helping to um, helping to wrangle the spirit here so that it is, isn't, you know, so that it is serving its purpose as sort of a digital assistant. Um, part of its original purpose. Studying my hand. Yes, and, and myriad your <laughs> your continual butting heads, but professional <laughs> respect for each other. Um, you know, uh, coming full circle in this lovely moment. Uh, yeah, what, what does this look like with extreme effect? You're able to get this this course exactly the way you want it. So, what is it? I probably have a pretty good gauge for how long it will take to get there. Mm-hmm. So. If it seems like it's not going to give the people enough time, I'm going to take a scenic route. <laughs> um, nice. To make sure that the people have enough time to know what's going on and evacuate by the, um, what's it called? The, the fleet. Yeah, the flotilla Tanzanite. Yeah, I yeah. think um, as it was, as it normally would have been, as the initial plan was, the optimistic result, right, would have been that there would have been enough time for everybody who wanted to leave, who could fit on the ships to get out. But I think you're able to kind of rest enough control. And in the process, you know, you can actually detect that the, the, the uplink at the center of the reverent assemblage is trying to regain control, but it isn't able to. Um, you're maintaining independent control of this node um, and uh, establishing the course, uh, controlling your trajectory um, in a way that, you know, whoever, whatever is acting at the center of the reverent assemblage doesn't want you to show up this way. (laughs) So I think this way you would actually have time for, to get the word out and for people to like make trips, you know, like families could come pick up people. We're talking more like the space of a week instead of the space of like two days or something. So yeah, it's it's still happening, but in a a longer timetable to allow for um, more grace there. And yeah, I think uh, I think we just get a few scenes here, right? I think. Uh, with that course laid in, you just hear, you know, like some weak coughing from Vert and he just, you know, the, the plan is shot and he just says, let me go. And the bounty on all your heads is gone. What do y'all think? Mm, can I punch him more first? <laughs> I mean, can you do so without, Without killing him. I think that there's been enough death. One. I don't even see that. One. What? Well, I'm not going to ask what you did with my escort. I don't even see a body. Actually, but, that's uh, true. We don't know that your escort is dead. Uh, that's true. Uh, he just went somewhere else. She? They? I didn't ask. She, yeah. I was using she, her pronouns for them. Uh, (laughs) I think Quell would say um, 
you know, having the bounty off our heads is one thing, but, uh, you know, what's to say that we're not going to get shot down by those uh, privateers the second we open the store? Let me out first and that won't happen. You know I could ruin you if I really wanted to. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure, Augustine. I'm sure, but I, I know when I'm beat. Uh, you all seem to have your plan with um, that person, and I think Decoy, who is like not trying to conceal her, you know, hybrid spirit mm-hmm. nature. You know, Vert, Vert is seeing a lot of things here. It's like you seem to have your plan worked out, and. Things seem to be moving in directions, and I uh, I respect that my 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 move has been parried, and uh, you know I uh, I'll be a graceful loser. Is he lying? Um, about letting you go? No, no, that seems to be pretty truthful. Um, you know that. The only leverage Vert has on you right here is, you know, if you kill me, things are going to be very difficult for you. That's probably true. So, and the way that this is going to be arranged, the way that the way that you would basically be able to do like the prisoner exchange here, you would be able to maintain leverage pretty well. So you don't get the impression that he's going to try to screw you over in that respect. Do you think that... You know, all of his plans have fallen apart, and he's just going to scamper away with his tail between his legs? <laughs> Hell no. Yeah. Well, do we even know what Vert's plan for this place was? All we know is that Vert wanted to get in here. No, I mean, nobody's asked him. Hmm. Well, we could at least get out of here. Yeah, I, uh, I think a lot of people are going to be doing that. Well, how do we know that you won't somehow scramble our plan after we leave it it's all well and good that you let us walk out and get on our get on our ship and leave but we had a purpose being here one that we intend to fulfill hey gadget mm-hmm. can you lock in what i've said and then disable <laughs> let's try this um let's see I'm thinking about whether this is even a role. I think you have enough control of the system now. Um, tell you what, it would be a role if you wanted to lock it in. If you just wanted to destroy this terminal so it was inoperable, you just would spend materials to do that. You'd spend mm-hmm. some of your, you know, charges or whatever that you have on you. Wait, before you do that. Okay. Two things. One, we should probably ask Decoy if... That's okay, because Decoy told us before not to blow the thing up. Uh, but maybe that's different now, now that uh, we're, it's heading where it needs to be. And two, if we're going to destroy this terminal, I'd really like to save a little something. By a little something, she means the spirit that had already kind of retreated into the terminal and doesn't deserve to be blown up. <laughs> I wouldn't want to see it destroyed if we can avoid it. See, Captain knows me so well. He knows the little something I want. If he's <laughs> um, yeah, I think, okay, Gadget, if you want to try and lock it down um, from inside, you know, basically set up a bunch of uh, 
I don't want to use the term firewalls and ice because this isn't cyberpunk. This is some kind of weird skypunk thing. But, you know, our version of that, then it would be a uh, risky standard roll. All right, let's do this. Oh, I didn't give you your uh, gambit back because you got a six on a risky. Oh, wait, no, you spent one, Augustus, I guess. I spent You it. don't get that. You don't get that. Okay. So you That's because I usually do, because I'm all still battered up, guys, but not super bad. I, I changed the admin's password. Good enough for now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got standard effects, so I think what this looks like is um, it just takes some time. And uh, I think the... Beluga will take some damage in combat. <gasps> yeah. My baby. Because they don't, you know, the ships out there, they don't know that, like, it seems like things have pretty much settled down at this point. They're rather that the the die is cast, you know, the, the, um, the moves have been made. So the Beluga will take some damage that you'd have to fix before you could use it to disembark. To its engines, of course. Well, I'm not able to resist that. I'm already stressed enough for today, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the blue guy is just going to have to worry about itself. All right. One point of full damage. One point from the sand uh, from operating on Subita. And one point of engine damage. Um, and you hear more booms from outside. But yeah, you're pretty confident that uh, unless they had another person who is of a similar skill level as you, Gadget, and honestly, who out there <laughs> I know, right? really, uh, would not be able to get past this. And yeah, I think Vert will just kind of look at uh, when you mention, like, how do we know you won't just come in and change it again? Vert will just look at, like, Gadget busying herself and say, it looks like she's got a handle on that. <laughs> Not that you won't try, I'm sure. It would be positively gauche to pursue a failing strategy. I know when to cut my losses. Hmm. I think we're good. I think we can beluga out of here. Agreed that we probably shouldn't stay much longer. You know, there's you know what is positively gauche is overstaying your welcome. Uh, let's not wait around any longer. Gadget. Mm-hmm. Can you open the door? <laughs> That's like the one thing I'm great at, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with the control you have exerted over the terminal so far. Nope, the door stays closed and you stay here for the rest of the game. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, right. Wait, we always have a way out. There's a teleporter. Well, it's broken, but you can fix it, right? <laughs> <laughs> It would definitely be a long-term project to fix this teleporter, but <laughs> no, you can... Uh, we got a while. <laughs> you can open the door, and I imagine uh, Myriad with a, a gun to Vert's head, you know, step out. Um, smoking skyships, uh, ricocheting off the walls and off of each other. Uh, just like, there's probably like five skyships in here, which is five more than are supposed to fit. Um <laughs> And, uh, but the, the, the chaos settles down, um, with you, um, as people kind of like circle around and see that the doors have opened again and, and Vert is there, you know, uh, being, 
being held for uh, an exchange um <laughs> from the easy operator like uh the canopy opens and batcher just hollers out vert's here for the damn artifact i don't i'm oh, god damn it <laughs> and just sees that vert is already there like batcher put it together too like like you did well <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah i think let's see yeah, that kind of begs the two things Quell would want to make sure happen as everyone's distracted the door. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess this would probably be both a Toonie and Skulky because mm-hmm. she's trying to, she's doing it while everyone is distracted, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, doors opening, there's the, everyone's trying to gather around, bursts out of the front, there's all this leverage. Two things. One, that artifact is still there. It got knocked loose from the power glove. And uh, that can't just sit there. Because, you know, it's going to take a whole week for this to get to to the Reverend Assemblage. And people will be coming and going in that week. And that means they can go with the artifact. So one, so we cannot let that happen. Right? Uh, Quell's not going to allow that to happen. And... Um, um. Give me a quick uh, attune gather information. Attune. So just roll your attune value risky standards, fine. Attune risky standard. No bonus dice, right? Nope. Um, The presence that you felt from the artifact Uh is not gone, but distributed. You kind of feel it all around you now. All right. In like a good way or like a... In like a you probably couldn't just reach into the terminal and fish it back out way. Okay. But also in the sense that other people couldn't just fish it back out. Yeah, not at all. Okay. And then two, um, knowing that we're leaving here, knowing that um, Vert was already saying something along the lines of looks like you need some help dealing with that that spirit, not knowing what Indigo Analytics is capable of doing, but mm-hmm. certainly not trusting them with spirits, and definitely not wanting to send a spirit to the Reverend Assemblage unless it's going to go willingly. Mm-hmm. Um, Quell is going to try to uh, lift the little spirit friend out of the computer that is now locked down as this place heads slowly but surely to to the Reverend Assemblage, um, and invite it to come with them on the Beluga, where it can be friends with other spirits. Or really, we could just take it to wherever it wants to go. I think it's scared and hiding right now, but if we, um, we're going to have like a couple scenes to see how things go over the next week. And if you want to kind of revisit it, you could definitely do that. But right now, it is it doesn't really want to come out to play, you know? Uh-huh. Okay, well, then I will plan on revisiting it because I don't want to just leave it to either get trapped at the reference assemblage or to wind up in the hands of Indigo Analytics. So with uh, with Vert as your bargaining chip uh, and the terminal locked down, you're able to carefully, with being watched very closely by both the Privateers and Batra and Nylon, um, make your way out of the Ascending Fortress 
you see outside um, a few junkers remain. Some of them are, you know, look like they've been, you know, pushed back. They're bruised. They're battered. Nobody's dead. But there are, you know, tussles between them and the um, the uh, the privateers on the outside. The delts, uh, as the privateers withdraw, are already helping the junkers back up to their feet. Aww. You know, it seems like the delts are have been pretty quick to put aside their old differences as long as, you know, Gadget was vouching for them. Decoy seems... Uh, she's hard to read at the festive times, but um, she seems pleased, and I think she goes to begin coordinating with, you know, the flotilla Tanzanite, the spirits, to begin. And we just, you know, see a, a wide shot of all of these ships you know, beginning to land all across like the rim of Suita and the spirits kind of disembarking and coming in. And when there's this many spirits in a place, there's, there's no hiding it. Um, so for many people, this is the first time they've ever seen any spirit and now they're seeing hundreds of them. So, you know, lightning sky whales, strange, um, strange plankton-y things. Um, Bees made out of bricks, um, congregating and beginning to just kind of assemble on the part of Subita that will be first to kind of connect with the uh, ascending fortress. And yeah, you you have a week. What do you do? I'll probably get the beluga fixed. Okay. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, People will be, the chop will be willing to lend materials. You could get the Faluka fixed up. Uh, I recover from being perforated. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Poor Myriad. <laughs> I recover from my weary crackling. I'd like to distress a little bit, please, and thank you. <laughs> no, yes. you will. You will. You'll be able to get rid of your stress. This isn't going to be a formal downtime. Um... <laughs> I think the first thing, yeah, let's just go, let's just kind of get a scene with each person. Gadget, I think you're, oh, do I want to start with this? This is going to be kind of, yeah, I guess we can start heavy and maybe end heavy. Um, Your dad hasn't asked you if you're staying. You know that he's staying. Um, And I think maybe as you try to avoid the conversation, Mm -hmm. you kind of busy yourself with looking over some of the materials that Sister Spring left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're written in written in ciphers, of course. But you know the cipher. And most of it... Sister Spring, one of her interests seemed to have been um, the reverent assemblage and trying to reach it. Uh, she worked out that there was some kind of a transportation device inside the Ascending Fortress, and that's why she went there. Now, that transportation device got really blown up. Um, But as she was working on different ways to potentially do it, you see that there are some diagrams for a kind of craft that wouldn't rely on a lift core for buoyancy. And they're not complete. It would take some work. But basically, you're looking at, like, the beginnings of the the Leonardo da Vinci sketches for an airship. Why the hell would Sister Spring want to go the Revenant Assemblage? <laughs> I mean, we have clear motivations, but... Huh. 
oh, the gadget's definitely going to be ruminating these over. And of course, she speaks leaks, so she's going to be able to decipher these mm-hmm. uh, ciphers very cl- clearly. <laughs> uh, oh, the possibility of having a, an airship without lift cores. This is freaking cool. All right, so my downtime's already planned for the next week. I don't know what y'all are doing. <laughs> yeah, you think it would take you a while to finish this up and bring it to bear in any way, but it is an intriguing possibility. What do you tell your dad? If anything, or do you just ghost him for the rest of the time here? (laughs) I'm going to have to talk to him eventually. I mean, it's been a year. been really good at not talking to him for about 10% of my life. Uh, And she was briefly making peace with the fact that she'd be stuck on the same landberg with him for the rest of her life. And contemplated a life of joining like the lobster lash crew but if there's a possibility of leaving the landberg in the future you know maybe she can uh postpone her conversations a little bit more but no she'll think she'll she'll meet up with her dad she'll think of something to say with tim at least over the course of the next week just to pass the time And to be clear, it is just a possibility. You know, you could also try to work on this while you're not trapped under the reverent assemblage. But if you're optimistic, then hey, yeah, you could just you could just ride this thing to its support. No, it's important to remain a cordial alliance with adults. It's beneficial politically, if not emotionally. Okay. So you're you're going to meet up with him at some point in the week and yeah and what do you tell him uh, i already apologized and I, I refuse to apologize again <laughs> and fine i i have to concede that it was pretty cool that they are agreeable with our plan if nothing else. So, oh God, this is heavy. It wouldn't be a terrible thing to continue cordial relations for the future. Uh. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, your dad's just kind of like sitting on the opposite side of like a table. You're probably sitting at like that hotel restaurant again, where you had your outburst. <laughs> <laughs> And he's just got, like, a glass of water that looks tiny in front of him because he's so massive. <laughs> of course, Gadget would probably try to take over the the, the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, she'd probably say something like, I, I understand that, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be here together for a while now, but... Wait, hold on. Just want to let you know that... I appreciate what you did for me and my crew. As far as me joining your crew, I'm not seeing that in my future. I think there's shouts in the background. Not like not like panicked shouts, just like, you know, people organizing things shouts as um, folks who are leaving the Landberg are like kind of uh, getting ferried through the streets here. Um, to to meet up with uh, to get um, placed on ships that will take them 
to other Lindberghs throughout the the vast. Um, and your uh, Marlin sits back and thinks about that for a second and says, "Oh well, I I didn't ever expect you to sign up with the. Does this mean you're sticking around, Gitch? <sighs> Not forever. Um, but you know, you know, we're gonna dock with the continent, right? Like, are you gonna go somewhere else on the continent? Uh, and she briefly thinks about pulling out her diagrams and puts them back again because that'd just be a waste of breath. Um. Well, Dad, it's it's a big vast out there. Uh, life's long. Our, our paths will cross again, but I've always managed to find a way to spread out and go on my own. I'm not going to imagine a small thing like linking up with the Reverend said, which would ever stop that. And he just kind of takes a sip of it, like nods and takes a sip from his glass and just says, you always had an amazing noggin, kiddo. And he like uh, takes a big meaty finger and just like kind of thunks you on the forehead twice with it. It's probably like about as big as Gadget's forehead. Just says, if anybody could think of a way to pay their dad a visit after he was locked in some strange foreign country that floated through the sky and nobody even knew was a real thing for sure until a few weeks ago, it'd be you, kid. Uh, Gadget kind of grabs her glass of water and kind of puts her head down because under no circumstances she wants her dad to see that she smiled and blushed when he paid her a compliment finally. Aww. (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of good scenes for everybody and I have I definitely have one in mind for Quell and I actually have one in mind for Myriad too I'm trying to think of what a good kind of parting scene for Augustine would be anything you want to uh, anything you want to spend a little bit more time on with on Subita before you take off or maybe stay Augustine um I'm not sure yet. We can hit me up last. Okay. Or anyone. <laughs> okay. Well, I think the next the next thing we see then is just with, um, you know, it's probably a few days in. Um, and you've actually... Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's a few days in, Quell. Um, and Chalice is finishing moving their things out of the Beluga. Um, and I think the two of you are just sitting on like the edge of the prow, um, you know, as it's docked in its usual spot at the, the chop and, you know, just probably avoiding talking about it for a while until I think Chalice finally says, uh, so this will sound kind of weird, uh, but I've actually been talking to Batra. Quell kind of raises an eyebrow and you know leans back a bit on her on her hands as she looks up at the the sky you know and swings her feet from you know over the side of the prow and says oh uh yeah I never figured you to be one who would spend much time chatting with bounty hunters well I didn't initiate the conversation but uh, I mean, my, you know, it's come up that 
we're moving back and Batch has picked up on a few things or I'm, I'm moving back anyway. And <laughs> she's planning on heading onto the continent. Um, she, I think she used to work for somebody in the assemblage and she asked me if I'd need some help making my way back. And she kind of shrugs and says, it seems like it might be helpful. Claude gives a a laugh and says, well, I think you're going to find your way back home one way or another. I mean, seems like we're on course, but, you know. Yeah, but that's just the start. You know, once we arrive, a lot of things could still happen. And you can tell that Chalice is kind of trying to talk around the subject of like, oh my God, what are these spirits going to do once they reach my home? Mm. Um, and they say, it might not be so bad to have somebody to, another, you know, person. Well, not person. And they, they're really struggling for words. Uh, somebody who maybe is a little bit more on my level, who knows their how to look after folks to travel with me. Cause I, well, I just got used to having you around, I guess. Hmm. Quell gives kind of a, a good spirited, if somewhat wistful chuckle and says, well, you know, Batra, Batra's got her good points. You know, I mean, I've, I spent long enough running from her. I should know. Uh, she's certainly devoted. And I guess she can be loyal to a cause, or as loyal as any bounty hunter can be. I don't mind, uh, I don't mind the idea of her looking out for you. As long as she, uh, as long as she knows which way to point that blaster. Or caster pistol. (laughs) Well, I mean... She's not even asking for a payment up front, which I was kind of surprised by. I think she's kind of hoping that it'll be a decent way to get back into good graces with, you know, the folks she was working with before. Yeah. She say anything about who that might be? I think it might take a while to get that out of her. Hmm. It is true. She's not much for words. Unless the words are halt or stop. Or, I finally found you quick call. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty good at that. Yeah. Um, I'm honestly kind of glad to know that she's going to have something to keep herself occupied. What with the whole bounty being lifted off my head and everything. And they just nod and kind of like look at their feet as they're kicking them out over the edge of the, the prow. How about you? Excited to be going home? Maybe a little. I don't know what's going to happen. And I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing my class again and seeing the elders. That's going to be good. I don't know how excited they'll be to see me. (laughs) Quell ruffles uh, Chalice's hair good-naturedly and says, I'm sure that they will be very excited, maybe even thrilled to hear about your exploits. Of course, you know, they might be a little shocked by, you know, the style in which you arrive, but 
I think things will turn out for the best. And if not, I mean, you do know how to operate a, a lightning rod. Yeah. That was so scary. <laughs> the beluga started talking to me, like, in my <laughs> head. And it said that it needed, like, something to conduct. So I just got in a loader and I stole that rod from the chop. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they fired me. But it's fine because, like, I was going to quit in seven days anyway, so. <laughs> you stole something? And uh, Quell sounds like she's chastising Talus until you see that she's, like, totally laughing because... Quell has definitely taken more than her fair share of things (laughs) over time. I think Chalice just, like, affects a very, like, indignant, like, what would you do if a ship just told you to steal something? You'd steal it. (laughs) (laughs) And Quell gives that face like, what? I would never. But it is very obvious that she definitely would. Maybe not even needing the ship's prompting. (laughs) And so Kyle's like, you know, I have to say, I'm a little sad that you're not going to be around the beluga anymore. Yeah, it's taken good care of me. It certainly has. And honestly, I think it appreciated having you around. <laughs> How could you tell? Well gives the beluga a friendly pat and says, I don't know, just a feeling I get sometimes. So a warm creaking sound from the railings near where you're sitting. Oh, Kyle's like, I don't know. Part of me thinks, thinks about what it would be like if I went with you, you know, and with decoy and with everybody else. It's a, it's a big place out there. You know, we talk about the vast being a great expanse, but this is a whole continent we haven't, I haven't seen or really heard much about until the last couple of weeks. I don't know. Chalice's legs stop kicking when you bring that up. It's like, Quill, I could never ask you to do that. You might, you've shown me such a, I mean, it started a little weird. We've kind of been running for our lives the whole time, but... This adventure we've gone on these last few weeks, it's been incredible. You might never get to... Well, I mean, there's new places to find for sure, but I don't know if you'd ever get to fly through the sky again. How could you give that up? Well, you know, freedom is important. And I do like to be able to spread my proverbial wings, but, you know, freedom for what? For me, freedom has always been to be able to find the people that give me a place that feels like home. And, well, it seems like at least some of those people are going to be heading to the Reverend Assemblage. I think I have some things that I'm going to be weighing over, but there's not much use for me to be out there exploring when... The places I want to go and the people I want to be with are all located in one spot. Wow. Just when I think I have you figured out. (laughs) And they just kind of put their head on your shoulder. Mm -hmm. And Quell pats Chalice in a friendly manner on the knee and says, 
Besides, what good would I be if all the spirits that I talk to are all, you know, having a party elsewhere? <laughs> Honestly, it sounds like people are going to need people with my particular talents out there. And who knows? The Reverend Assemblage might be full of junk to pick. Oh, it's full of all kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And soon it's going to be full of Batra. And Paul says that loudly, just in case Batra's close enough to hear it. <laughs> Batra's big booty. It's no immediate reaction, aside from some <laughs> chuckling sounds from the beluga's timbers. God, whatever. <laughs> well, talks about Batra, I just imagine like cherry blossoms in the wind. And <laughs> <laughs> the things that I can attune with start with D. Batra. Batra's beautiful brain and Batra's big. <laughs> <laughs> you speak to all of them. I do. I have appreciation for the spirits within. <laughs> I think we cut from that scene to a scene where we would expect to see Batra because we've never seen Nylon not in Batra's presence before. Um, but I think. Nylon asked to meet up with you, Myriad. Do you take the meeting? With me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, why not? Nylon has Nylon cool hair. Where are you meeting? Um, We meet at the same... What was it? A hotel poolside <laughs> that I met with <laughs> Solomon Purple. <laughs> <laughs> yep, perfect. <laughs> Uh, you've got the same, you know, same kind of glasses of water seated between you. Um, Good. And uh, Nylon, you know, kind of like, I think Nylon's there waiting for you. You you know, you pull up a table, you sit down, and they say, Myriad Star Spindle. Glad you showed up. That's me. What's up? Well, so listen, the last time we met, was, um, well, there was a little difficulty, but I think we both, you know, realized that we're professionals in this field, and uh, you're good at what you do. Yeah. I wish I had cool hair like you, though. Damn. <laughs> oh, thank How you. How do you get it so, like, you know? Well, it's the funniest thing. My mom's hair was nothing like this, but... Never knew my dad. Oh. Okay. So I guess I'd have to ask. Uh, I guess I'd have to ask them. Please, please right. tell me that as we're saying this, there's like a picture of Augustine the wind faded on the wall, <laughs> and we see a young Augustine with extremely similar hair. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. And they kind of like smile and take a take a drink from or like you know the order waiter comes takes your drinks, uh, tr- drinks orders. Um, and Nylon just says, "Well, I don't know if this is filtered to you yet or not, but um, my business partner and I are going separate ways." And your business partner was Batra, the oh, one with right. the big gun. Sorry, though not quite Got as it. big as yours. Ah, right. <laughs> business partner. Got it. <laughs> And me, well, I I work better behind the wheel, so I'm 
looking for someone who is a little bit better at going to work on the ground. And I was wondering if you might be interested. Hmm. Maybe. I work with a friend and have worked with this friend for an extremely long time. I'm sure you understand. Hmm. Hmm. Now, will this friend be staying on Subita? I have no clue. Um, but if he does, then I'm all yours. Great to know. I guess as far as backup plans go, that one works out for me. Very well. And uh, she raises her glass and says, to potential partnerships. To potential partnerships. Clink. Shut her under the table. <laughs> um, you know, Miriam would look pretty good in that other canopy of the uh, the. Um, oh yeah, the uh, the easy operator. The easy operator, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Myriad is also very loyal to Augustine, mm-hmm. even though we butt heads. To Augustine or the Beluga. The Beluga. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. I but Augustine and the Beluga are one and the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I think for the last scene, um, probably some of the folks, a lot of people have come together all across the Landberg to help you fix up the Beluga. I think there's kind of been a roving task force of people fixing up skyships in general. You know, anybody who just had their skyship out on blocks out of the yard who was like, I'll fix that up later is like, oh shit. <laughs> um and yeah, the the beluga is one of the first up. And I think um some of the folks in the group are um let's see, uh Tinny and Lamina, Zink's parents. Aww. Yeah, and um, I think taking a break from, you know, uh, putting on some new, uh, bolting on some new armor onto the side of the hole, um, Tinny just uh, grins sideways at you, Augustine, and just says, you know, you clearly have been getting up to a lot since the last time you were on Subita. Well, did you ever know me not to be doing something exciting? <laughs> or someone <laughs> uh, and Tinny just uh, shakes her head and says yeah I guess that's true I kind of lost uh, word of what you got up to after you well you got out of town pretty quick as I recall what, what exactly have you been up to if you don't mind my asking aside from coming back and beating my daughter at the race but well, you know, I understand why had now. To, had to keep it running in the family. <laughs> um, and he'll do a, just a relay of our adventures past. Do you mention anything about Indigo Analytics? Mm, sure. Okay. I'm sure the dig would have come up. and Well, because I would have joined Indigo after that. Yes, you would have joined Indigo after being Augustine the Wind. Yeah, so I'd relay that. Mm -hmm. 
And I think when you mentioned that, Tinny will say, oh, yeah, that explains some things, I guess. Oh. Those folks tend to not keep a very high profile. Although I hear that uh, that Vert fella, he's still on the Landberg. And there's actually a, f- a, f- a few more Azure Fleet ships have docked in that time. Seems like they're they're planning to stick around too. Hmm. Well, once I get there, they'll be there. <laughs> they sure will be. And so will I. What about you? Oh, I can't just stay grounded here with the beluga. Hmm. Not going to see her get stuck. And uh, Titty kind of nods and says, yeah, I'd hate to see a fine vessel like this landlocked. Well, we'll miss you here, August in the wind. Oh, maybe you'll see me. Maybe I'll be back one day, Bo. I'm not <laughs> sure how the sand's going to keep flowing once uh, you make it where you're going. <laughs> I'd love that. I'd love that. Mm-hmm. But honestly, the fact that both of us lived long enough to meet again once more is a big enough surprise to me. <laughs> well, life's full of them. That it is. And somebody shouts and Titty kind of like stands back up and dusts her feet off. I think, uh, you know, uh, Lamina kind of like helps her to her feet. Uh, and you and you and Lamina just Lamina does not very, you know, talkative. You just kind of exchange a, a friendly glance. Uh, and you get back to work. And I'll say that before I go, um, I do want to stop and see Allison's mom. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give her a cred Aww. to make sure that she is set wherever she ends up going, whether she stays or takes a ship. Mm-hmm. I think Allison's there for that visit, and they are actually planning on... They've been saving up to move out of Sumita for a while. Part of the reason Allison had that job at the chop. And yeah, they're planning to get out of here. Okay, yeah. So I'll, I'll give them a cred and make sure they're all set. Okay. And yeah, I think... Uh, there's a quick fade to black and fade up, and we just see uh, the profile, the silhouette of Subita um, coursing toward the Reverend Assemblage uh, very close now. You can actually see like color of the land, the color of the green hills and waterfalls cresting over the side. Um, but you know, you're still in range that you could safely disembark. The lift lift core is still functional here. Um, um, go ahead. If Myriad, would you let me know about the offer? Yeah. You know, you're free to do what you will. I'm happy to have you, but if you want to go your own way, I won't hold you back. You you can also, did I see, uh, Nylon? Sure. When... I couldn't remember if I ever actually saw her because I was oh. piloting. <laughs> you got um, a look at her. It wasn't a good look. Okay. Yeah. So I'll say, you know, if she's looking for a crew, you can always see if she's open to joining us. 
Because Augustine doesn't know. <laughs> I don't think she would ever leave that cool ship. <laughs> it's a cool. Well, it's a cool boat. Well, I'm sure we would get enough uh, experience for an advancement. Maybe uh, we can get a. <laughs> A tow system or like a little <laughs> underdock for, for the ship and we'll just have the two ships flying together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't see why not. The, the, it's already, the easy operator already has that kind of interesting like twin canopy design, two, twin fuselage design. So what's a third ship? Um, <laughs> and yeah, the ship's... Like the last round of folks who were taking their time, I imagine you were sticking around to help, like whoever was still on the beluga, and that uh, we see the the ships pouring out, Subita um, heading in, and we see the uh, the camera kind of flies down to the bridge of the beluga as it uh, embarks into new skies. Uh, who's aboard? Well, Augustine is. You got myriad. Gadget's there. Oh man, that's so hard. <laughs> oh. Quell would feel very, very torn. I feel like I can't say yet. Mm-hmm. Like, Quell, Quell, like, on one hand, you know, Quell, this is her family that's leaving. Chalice is also her family. And Decoy is also her family. And, like, so it's like, Chalice and Decoy are staying on Subita, and Captain and, uh, you know, Myriad and Gadget are staying on the Beluga, and I feel like I have no idea mm. where Quell would go. Well, I guess in the meantime, if you're still thinking, would Nylon, what's Nylon do? Um, let's see, uh, if Myriad, uh, politely declined the offer, because it seemed like they had some professional respect between them. Um, I guess does Myriad relay that offer? I, I would not relay that offer. Okay. (laughs) I would leave that, I would leave that to you to relay that offer. Okay, well, if you tell me that, I guess... I would go and relay that offer. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to go hunt down Nylon? (laughs) So. At my behest? (laughs) Augustine likes to take care of people. So we have our third scene in the hotel lobby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Augustine seated across from Nylon. And yes, they do have some similar characteristics. (laughs) Some really features. It's not like it's identical or anything, but anybody walking by would be like, hmm. Um, <laughs> and do you comment on that all, Augustine, when you actually get a look at her face for the first time, or do you let it ride? I'd let it ride for now. I, Augustine knows enough, enough about his own features to recognize them in someone else. Uh-huh. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Augustine admires them every morning. How could he not recognize them in somebody else's? Um, I think, you know, you, you sit down, Nylon orders the same drink. Um, Augustine gets some kind of... Augustine knows the menu here, I'm sure. You, you relay the offer, and... 
Nylon laughs in your face. <laughs> and she says, listen, I'm not for this whole chummy family floating playing house thing that you guys seem to be getting into. <laughs> Oh. But, and then she raises a hand <laughs> and she, you know, scratches out some numbers uh, on a piece of paper and she pushes them your way. My former business partner and I had a direct node set up with the Semaphore network. If you have any subcontracting work that you need done, my rates are very reasonable. Oh, that's not cool. Well, it's always good to have new business partners. Cheers to that. And a clink. Okay. And yes, she is also avoiding commenting on the obvious similarities. <laughs> Just like, kind of like, anytime you look away, you're like kind of looking out of the corner of your eye. Um, but yeah, you just knock back your drinks. Um, and I, oh, another question. Um, Gadget, do you share anything about your hopes for maybe one day creating a, a floating ship, a buoyant ship? Absolutely. Listen, I'm the best mechanic on the ship. It's my job to make the beluga fly. And I'm not going to let something as small as having no lift cores working prevent me from performing my job duties. Of course I'm going to brag about it to the crew. (laughs) (laughs) What does Quill's face look like when uh, Gadget mentions that? Excited? Like, uh, not necessarily surprised, because Gadget is pretty brilliant. But like excited and maybe just a hint of relief because I think she was feeling very, very torn. I mean, she she really connects with people. And so the thought of losing people who were important to her either direction was kind of heartbreaking to her. And she was really wrestling with, you know, what was she going to do? Was she going to potentially lose her beluga family or was she going to lose her her spirit child and her younger <laughs> sibling her adopted younger sibling um and now the idea that there might be a way to have a ship that does not need a lift core she has full faith that if anybody can make this happen gadget can make this happen okay so I'll ask again, who do we see standing at the bridge of the beluga as it pushes out toward vast, colorful skies? There's Augustine. He's probably sitting at the wheel with his feet up. A little new sprout of the beluga has started growing on the dash, and he's got a little pot around it. <laughs> and he'll be taking a sip of his drinking sherry and then pouring a little bit for the beluga. <laughs> it's a growing plant. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh. There's Myriad making a few adjustments on the caster castmaster cane, just fixing a few screws so that way it holds together and doesn't just explode <laughs> while while I'm walking. Continual you know. optimizations are necessary. You know, sometimes when you're walking and it just like goes off, it's not <laughs> the best oh experience. People don't, people don't like that. People don't like it when you're just shooting the ground for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. Weird. The ground doesn't like it either. Mm-hmm. The beluga doesn't like it. <laughs> or the person on the deck below. 
I'm sorry, Beluga. <laughs> I'm sure it understands. <laughs> uh, Gadget's in the mechanical room. Uh, she has her conspiracy board flipped over and she kind of stares at it and frowns because at this point it's just going to be easier just to tear it all down and leave it blank because <laughs> uh, it's convulted even for our crew at this point. <laughs> hmm. Gosh darn it. Why are you going to put this heavy emotional shit on me? Sorry. This is so hard. Just finale things. I think that um, before that happening, but after she finds out about the, the possibility of a ship, I think we would see Quell talking with, uh, well, Chalice, Decoy, and Batra can be there if Batra wants. <laughs> um, and I think she would say, so, for me, family and connection is the most important thing for me. And in my life, family has looked like many things. And each of you is family for me. So are the people over there on the Beluga. And I thought I was going to be asked to make an impossible choice about which family I'd be willing to part with, maybe forever. But now I know that's not necessarily how it's going to work out. Now, Gadget here, she thinks she has a way to potentially make a ship that can fly without lift cores. And if that's a possibility, that opens up the whole vast including the reverent assemblage. But if that's going to become a reality, somebody's got to be there with her to make sure she gets what she needs and doesn't get lost along the way. And, well, you know that there, there aren't many people better at acquiring things than me. And Quell kind of wiggles her, her fingers playfully. <laughs> Do you think that uh, you can stay safe out there until I make my way back to you? Uh, I think Chalice opens their mouth to speak, but Batra, who is there, you know, has already taken on this this job and is taking it seriously, just uh, leans forward and says, well, I'm working, aren't I? (laughs) 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 That is true, and I have never met a woman more dedicated to her job. And Quill says that in a way where it seems like she's like ribbing Batra, but also is paying her a sincere compliment. I haven't forgotten about that first bounty on you, by the way, quick call. This is just bigger business. (laughs) I thought all the bounties were released or or forgotten. (laughs) Those were the bounties from Protectorate Affairs, not the bounties from that person you stole the artifact from. Quell's like, ah, oh, well then, if I can't find a way to help Gadget get his ship up and working that'll take us to the Reverend Assemblage, I know for a fact you'll find a way to get off the Reverend Assemblage to come hunt me down. <laughs> well, believe me, I don't plan on staying around any longer than the opportunities are there. Well, 
You'll just have to hope that the opportunities find a way to uh, arrive safely. And Quell gives Batra a wink. And she kind of gives you like a half smile from uh she still has like that visor on, that like half visor that feeds to her cool gun. <laughs> um so you just kinda like see the one eye like kinda you know, crease a little as she like gives you that <laughs> half smile back. Until then, you look out for each other and uh I know Batra can handle herself, but don't count Chalice out. And <laughs> is Decoy there? No. Okay. Uh, hopefully, poor Gadget is not watching this. Nope. Okay, good. Because what Quill does, just like she gave Decoy her old jacket, she takes off her super sweet Zinc Darling Jacqueline Jacqueline. <laughs> and she gives it to Chalice and says, uh, this will keep you warm and I'll be able to spot you in a crowd. <laughs> Somewhere Gadget just like senses something's wrong. <laughs> Chalice receives it with awe. And I think, I, I don't know if I've brought this up since, but I described Chalice as having like a kind of a battered leather coat that they wore. Um, so I think you trade jackets again. <laughs> <laughs> nice back to my old style this is how you do it it's part of my culture mm-hmm. is the exchanging of jackets <laughs> and you know they kind of like look at this like somewhat oversized the other jacket was oversized too this one's just oversized in a different way but, uh, cool. but cool and they just kind of like hug it close to themselves and they say I can't wait to see you again Quell and Quell pulls Chalice into a really, like, tight, long hug and says, I'll make sure of it. Or my name isn't Quell, but I'll find my way there. Heck, if I stick around in any one place long enough, I'll probably show up whether I like it or not. <laughs> and that Batra kind of gives, like, a little snark, too, like a... <laughs> And um, I think that Quell slips Batra a cred and says, uh, Lady Workin needs uh, funds to cover incidentals. Hmm. Yeah, I think you only owe me about uh, 19 more for all the repairs and <laughs> other expenses you've racked up for me. So this is a decent start. <laughs> Yeah, put it on my tab. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then uh, Quell smiles, you know, waves to both of them. You know, it's clear that she's trying not to, like, get misty-eyed, especially in front of Batra. Jesus, <laughs> we don't allow that. And um, says, you'll definitely see me again. And uh, you stick close to Batra. If I don't show up in a reasonable amount of time... Batra will be able to sniff me out. <laughs> uh, and Chalice, who is not as good at holding back tears as you are, <laughs> no. is openly crying and just nods and says, I know. And uh, with that, Quell kind of waves and turns and wanders back to the beluga with 
a new jacket that she kind of hopes that Gadget never asks about. (laughs) (laughs) It's going on the conspiracy board. And is that like the last thing we see? Like, because we we saw Gadget alone in the mechanic ward before in the machine room. And is that like Quell walking in and Gadget recognizing the different jacket? (laughs) (laughs) What? My sweet ass zinc garland jacket. Where is it? Who knows? <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't just continue to rub it in Gadget's face that I am like so much cooler than her. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I guess Gadget like breaks her pencil or whatever as she was like drafting <laughs> on the board, um, and the beluga kind of suddenly uh, rolls another pencil out in front of her. <laughs> from from her drawer um you know just kind of bumps her drawer open um we we pull out of the porthole uh the camera kind of pulls back and uh we'd seen um subita in the foreground or in the background rather before and just kind of swoops back and we see let's see i think it would be stretching before us now uh the turn ward yeah the turn ward, um, which we hadn't seen much of before. Gypsum Heights hanging in the sky somewhere out there. A restaurant, a restaurant. <laughs> that needs some money collected. <laughs> and who knows what else. If you ever want to see that jacket again, you better get to work on that ship. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do it anyways, but now Gadget is highly motivated to uh, get this thing running. Um, and to Chalice of all people, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> Zink will just see it. But I'm sure she'll instantly know because she also is adept at communicating in the language of jackets. So I should be like, yeah. ah, yes. <laughs> the, the cycle <laughs> continues. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I think the the credits roll on um, our game of the vast. And the after credits scene is that poor privateer appearing <laughs> in a strangely decorated chamber Um with uh, some some strangely clad figures, they're kind of dressed in like those kind of uh, long, baggy white clothes that Chalice is wearing the first time we saw them. Um, mm-hmm. And standing amongst them is uh, Sister Spring, who holds out a hand to help the privateer to her feet. Oh, good, she's not dead. <laughs> she's just you know out there somewhere, and that's it. <laughs>